Americans are capable of achieving extraordinary things when they have the freedom and opportunity to do so. This is American Potential, and here's your host, Jeff Crank. Hey, thanks for joining us on another edition of American Potential. Really appreciate you joining us and, and being a part of the growth of the podcast. Tremendous support uh, for, for this podcast, and the downloads are, are, are just going through the roof. Um, video views on, on YouTube and Facebook, we just really appreciate you joining us. And we're bringing so many stories to you about the, the great work that people who believe in liberty, freedom, and uh, removing government barriers uh, from people's lives. So many stories about that. And, um, you know, I, I mean, to do two to three of these a week and release them, people are like, well, you'll run out of stories pretty quick. Oh, unfortunately, we're never going to run out of stories of government creating barriers. And we've got another one today. You know, we've done several episodes with Concerned Veterans for America talking about the VA Mission Act. And if the VA is following this federal law, and as a reminder, the Mission Act was intended to provide veterans with choice in health care. Under the law, veterans can choose whether to get their health care at a VA facility or they can choose to get their health care in the private market. The choice belongs to the veteran, not the government, if the law is followed. Now, you know, we've talked to CVA's general counsel, Herb Ford, about a Freedom of Information Act lawsuit that was filed to see if 14 individual VA facilities were following the law. The VA has slowly released information related to this FOIA request. And some of that information shows that the VA was using artificial dates to make it appear that the wait times weren't as long as they actually were. Now, we've also had several veterans on this podcast to talk about the issues they've had with the VA not following the Mission Act and how that impacted their lives. And we even learned that the VA had a website missionact.va.gov but now if you try to go to that website it redirects you to choose.va.gov a website that essentially tells you how great the veterans administration is it's frankly shameful that bureaucrats at the va don't seem to want to allow veterans to choose the health care that is best for them So if a veteran wants to get information on the Mission Act, John, where can they go? And on today's episode, we have our good friend, John Burns, who's the Deputy Director for Concerned Veterans for America Foundation. And he's going to talk about what CVA Foundation decided to do so veterans can get information about the Missions Act. John, thanks for being with us. Uh, Jeff, thanks for having me on. Finally glad to be able to do one of these American Potentials. Yeah, it's it's well, it's great to have you. You know, we've as I mentioned, we've had Herb Ford on. We've had so many veterans on to talk about some of the issues. This is really amazing to me um, that that the VA is resisting this so much. And I want to get into that. I did want to talk. Uh, you, you served in the military, and a very interesting fact: um, you have served in the most decorated regimental unit in the U.S. Army in combat. And you did that 90 years after your great grandfather served in it. T- tell me about that. That's correct. So, I, you know, I started off in the Marine Corps back in the 90s. 
uh, got out, took a couple of years of break in service. And for educational and fulfillment reasons, I ended up joining the New York Army National Guard. And just the way it's structured, uh, somewhere around 2007, uh, units were shifted around. And I ended up in the, the first of the 69th Infantry, 1st Battalion, 69th Infantry Regiment, the most decorated regimental unit in the U.S. Army's history, right? They go back to the Civil War, the Irish Brigade, the famous Fighting Irish, uh, fought in World War One. the movie with Jimmy Cagney. Uh, just a, a a fantastic, fantastic unit history there. My grand, my great grandfather was a machine gunner in Company C during World War One, uh, and I didn't know this until I was getting ready to deploy to Afghanistan in 2007. When my grandfather and I having, you know, our conversations were few and far between, but he, you know, he was catching up with me, and he's like, "So you're in the New York Guard? Are you in the 69th?" And I was, "Yeah, yeah." And he's like. You know, you know, my father fought in the 69th oh, wow. back in World War One, and I was like, I, I had no idea, Grandpa. You know, that's, wow. I, I wish I'd known that earlier. Yeah. So, so yeah, you know, it was just a, a fantastic fun fact that that, you know, just such a such a kind of a family and and military unit history that just keeps tying us together. And you know, it's it's just one of those stories that's that's great about America. Of course, it hints at the fact that you know, in some ways, the military is becoming a family business these days. Yeah. Yeah, it it is. It is. And thank you for your service. And, and, um, you know, that, that, that's pretty amazing. Uh, I've gone back and done some research. My family goes back to the, to the revolutionary war and, and, and serving, um, in, in the continental army as well. So, but it is really fun to, to see those connections as, as you find them, um, for our listeners that may not know, and I briefly touched on what the mission act is. Can you give a quick summary of it? Sure. Absolutely. So, uh, as quick as possible, back in 2014, Concerned Veterans for America, our 501c4 organization that works on grassroots advocacy for veterans and military family members, worked to help Congress pass what was called the Choice Act. And, you know, folks who follow Veterans Affairs might remember that in late 2014, everybody got a choice card and turned out there was no choice in the choice card. I asked if I could use it and they said, no, you have to come here first. And then after about six months of seeing VA, they said, well, we're out of ways to help you now. We're going to tell you to t where to take your choice card. Go to this doctor with your choice card and he'll help you. So there was no choice in the choice card. Concerned Veterans for America continued to kind of push the VA to, to live up to it. And in 2018, there was a bill called the Mission Act. And it's a it's a big acronym. Can't remember. But, it you know, uh, the idea was there were a lot of things in it, uh, something for almost everyone, uh, which caused it to pass with like overwhelming bipartisan support. Over 90 senators voted yes for it. Uh, well, well over 60 percent of House members voted yes for it. Uh, and there were key pieces in it. And the key piece for us was the community care and the access standard rules that would allow veterans to go outside of the V.A., uh, under certain conditions, if they had to drive too far, uh, too long, actually, because the, the choice card had been based on distances. And what we found out is, you know, if you live in Bronx, uh, five miles is very different than if you live in Montana in terms of where you can get to. So the the Mission Act, the access standards were determined to be around uh, drive times and wait times. So if you had to wait more than X number of days for primary care or specialty care, you would be referred to community care. If you had to drive too far, you would be referred to community care. It rolled out in 2019, so D-Day, June 6, 2019. The VA put out all the rules. It, it, it had already published the access standards that it was going to use as VA regulations. And from that day on, veterans were supposed to be referred out to community care. And the way things worked, it started off and it was going good for six or seven months. 
I got a community care referral in, in late 2019 that just didn't work for me. So I canceled it and was waiting to reboot it when, you know, the same thing that happened to, to everyone in America happened to the VA, just that they took a different advantage of it. We had COVID outbreak. And mm-hmm. as soon as COVID hit, even, even very friendly leaders at the VA uh, became concerned about the health of America's healthcare system and how things were going to work. And they began listening to the bureaucrats and access to the community care options through the Mission Act began to be restricted uh, around the end of March of 2020. Yeah, it's and and ever since then, it seems they have done little things and big things, uh, very big things to try and 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 kind of skew the the marketplace towards the VA system. And again, I think the position of Concerned Veterans for America is that veterans ought to be the ones making these choices, not not the government, not uh, not the provider, but the actual patient, the the veteran. I mean, that's really what this is all about, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you look at the other really popular programs at the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs, the GI Bill, you don't have to go to West Point or Veterans College or you you go to whatever college is accredited that accepts the GI Bill benefits. That's, I don't know, like 99.9% of all (laughs) higher learning institutes, private, public, you know, public, private mix ups uh, within the country. They'll take the GI Bill benefits, whatever works for the veteran. You go there, you get your education. VA Home Loan Guarantee Program, same thing. Veterans don't have to put 20% down. The VA provides effectively what, what works just like primary mortgage insurance. Uh, you could buy a house with no money down. Veterans, I bought two houses with this program. Veterans love it. They don't have to go to the bank of veteran. They don't have to go to the Federal Reserve. They go to whatever accredited mortgage lender works for them that they're familiar with, that they build a relationship with. It's the market economy. In 2023, there's no reason that VA healthcare shouldn't work very similarly. There are veterans who out there who love the VA, love going to the VA, love hanging out with other veterans while they're getting cared for. There's no reason to dismantle that. But at the same time, the VA has become a ginormous, gigantic, huge bureaucracy full of bureaucrats who actually don't enhance veterans' access to healthcare in any way. They just they become a self-licking ice cream cone, right? They're just there to have a job and to continue to grow right. the budget, to continue to grow the bureaucracy, to continue to to have jobs for VA employees. And they see this community care as a threat. Fast forward from the COVID crisis in 20, March of 2020, which started to slow down community access, community care access. And you move forward a little less than a year, you have a new president sworn in, a new VA secretary that he's appointed, uh, with a very, very different approach, right? So the, so the previous C- VA secretary under President Trump was Secretary Wilkie. The man was a veteran. He was deeply interested in veterans. He he had a kind of a servant's heart. He had served in the Air Force. He had served in the Department of Defense. He understood the, the, work, the nuts and bolts of working government, and he cared about veterans. The new secretary, Secretary McDonough, is somebody who served in political communications for most of his career. And now he's running the Department of Veterans Affairs, and he supervised you know, the rollback of, of this community care, he's supervised uh, the dismantling of this website that we've been talking about. And he's come out and said he doesn't think we can afford community care while at the same time, you know, continuing to hire bureaucrats and continuing to resist any kind of restructuring or downsizing at all at the Department of Veterans Affairs. Wow. Yeah, it's it's incredible. Talk about this. So the original website was missionact.va.gov. What, what information was on that website? It was it was what the Mission Act was, how to use it, uh, what it did, you know, what your rights were, how to access care, 
how to enroll in VA healthcare. Like if you were just brand new, rules about when you could use non-VA providers, right? So around urgent care, emergency care, walk-in care, uh, which are all very popular and are still available. But again, it's harder to get information from the VA about them. Uh, We also included our CVA Foundation's explainer on veterans community care program. So a little bit of the history of it. And then some of the resources that the VA had all along. So, uh, you know, the, the, the same information in a PDF form in Spanish for Spanish speaking veterans. Um, but, you know, their, their PDFs around how the Mission Act is supposed to work, the fact sheets about community care, the actual text of the bill and how it worked. All of that is available. And what, what, what happened was, uh, you know, after noticing that in late summer, early fall of 2021, that the VA had done this, uh, you know, we, we took some time to kind of get our heads around it. We didn't have an immediate answer. But somewhere along the line, somebody just said, well, why don't we just put that website back up? And of course, it's, it's not that easy. <laughs> you know, it was a government right. website. But, you know, there's, there's Internet archives, right? The Wayback Machine, things like that. And we, yeah. you know, our team went through it. We had a, we had a credible team. I got a shout out to Ray, Ray Hoskins, our education director, who, who kind of helped project manage the, the situation, drove on it. Darren Selnick, our senior advisor, who uh, is the guru of all things VA, uh, he served as the uh, special senior advisor to three different VA secretaries, including Secretary Wilkie, served for a time as a special advisor on veterans issues to President Trump as both uh, the transition when he was coming in as a transition president waiting and and for the first couple of weeks after the transition, then came, came back to CVA, worked for the VA. Uh, he was a, a humongous resource. Tyler Koteski, our policy director, uh, helped with a lot of information. And then Kyle Buckles, our, our former comms director, now marketing director, and the web development team for, for, for Stand Together Community just did, I mean, they did yeoman's work. That this team put together this website in a couple of months. Uh, and, you know, it really has the same similar look, same feel, and, and most importantly, the same information that the VA is trying to keep away from veterans and, and their family members who might prefer to access community care rather than VA care. And, and I want to get to this website, how people can access it here in just a second. But I do want to remind people who are listening to this podcast that this was all implemented because of a federal law passed by the United States Congress, the House and the Senate, sent to the President of the United States to sign, which basically said, you will provide uh, you know, choice and options to veterans. And so you won't lock them into the VA system. You'll provide them the opportunity to get community care if that's what their choice is, or care in the VA facility if that's what their choice is. This was an act of Congress that passed. And now you've got some bureaucrats at the Department of Veterans Affairs that are very defiantly not wanting to implement a law passed by Congress. Is there any other way to say this? That, that that's more plain than that, John? There's really not. Uh, you know, obviously, regular listeners to your podcast know that we have a serious problem with the administrative state in this country, the the fourth branch of government. Uh, it, it's it's an out of control, unelected, uh, you know, autocracy or technocracy of, of bureaucrats. And, and it's just, it's terrible. One of the most egregious examples of the administrative state just ignoring the, the will of Congress has been the VA. I, you know, I say, as the deputy director for Concerned Veterans for America and Concerned Veterans for America Foundation, 
the VA is the gift that keeps on giving. It's job security for me for life because they're just they're they're always going to resist the law, and they always you know like with the choice card back in 2014, 2015. Now with the the, the Mission Act, you know they've also uh, I don't know if you've seen the stories, but the Secretary of the VA again, Secretary McDonough, has said, well, it's too hard to fire bad VA employees using another law that CVA helped to pass the. 2017 VA uh, Accountability and Whistleblower Protection Act. He doesn't want to follow that law either. Uh, Darren Selnick, who I mentioned, testified on his own behalf last week to the House Veterans Affairs Committee. And he basically, talking afterwards, said that the VA staffers that came to testify and listen to testimony in front of the House Veterans Affairs Committee basically didn't care what the, the members of Congress on that committee said. I mean, it's just... It, it it seems like it's really going to take Congress using the power of the purse once again to really use the power of the purse to, to really make some changes there. You know, it, they are really one of the most horrendous examples of, you know, federal bureaucracy ignoring the will of Congress. Yeah. And I want to be clear so people understand. So and I just did it on on my laptop. Right. If you go to this original website, which is Mission Act dot va dot gov it now redirects you to this va website choose va (laughs) yeah choose va that it 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 says nothing about the vision mission act or the choice or the options that veterans have the the department of veterans affairs literally redirected that mission act dot va dot gov website to their website that just promotes the va system i mean there's not I don't know any other way of saying it. That's so like in your face to Congress, to the, to the, the law, to the mission act, and certainly to veterans. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's willful disregard for the, for Congress. And again, uh, the, the, the bureaucrats in the VA just figure they're going to outlast, you know, this or that member, this or that Senator, there's been very little accountability in the, particularly in the Senate veterans affairs committee, the way, the political leadership there is working. They're providing a lot of cover. Even on the House side, some of the staffers um, are kind of VA apologists within the committee staff. So again, it's really going to take a concerted effort. It's really going to take Americans looking at this very similar to the way that Americans say in Virginia and Florida have started to look at the institution of of primary and secondary education, that it's not serving the people it's, it's designed to serve. It's serving the interests of the people who work in the system. The same thing's happening at the VA on a federal level with, with, you know, with essentially with billions and billions of federal dollars. Yeah. You, I mean, it's incredible. You have some of these bureaucrats and again, there's some good people at the veterans administration, but obviously the people that did this, they're not there to serve veterans. They're not there to give veterans choices that may be better and more beneficial to a veteran. When they take missionact.va.gov you put that in your comp- into your uh, web browser, and it sw- it redirects it to choose.va.gov. Choose the Veterans Administration.gov is basically the website, and I, it doesn't say a single thing. It doesn't mention a single thing about community care on that website that I could find. Did I miss it, John? No, you didn't. They they, they took down the community care website. They 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 dismantled the community care office as well and folded that into the. Just the, the regular veterans care office, uh, the, the veterans care information office. Uh, they are deliberately going out of the way. Again, VA Secretary McDonough, a uh, little over a year ago, 13, 14 months ago, late, late spring, early summer of 2022, 
said, I don't think we can afford this. Uh, I'm not sure we can afford to keep providing community care. And again, they're, they're spending money to advertise for Choose VA. Uh, you know, I mean, you would, you know, uh, it, it takes a lot of money to run ads 24-7 on YouTube. But if, you, if you're at all follow any kind of military history shows or, or any kind of history shows on YouTube, if you have a veteran profile on YouTube, you will be inundated with Choose VA healthcare ads. It, like, like I, I can't watch a 20-minute YouTube without getting at least two or three ads telling me to go to the VA if I need mental help. Um, that's a lot of money to, to do that many ads, yeah, right? Sure. Um, but, but they're not actually spending money to get veterans to the healthcare where the veteran is. If the veteran chooses to get healthcare, particularly mental healthcare, we have a mental healthcare crisis in this country. The VA certainly doesn't have enough providers to do it by themselves. And yet, once again, they're not making referrals. I hear all the time from for-profit companies in the mental health space. I hear from nonprofit organizations that are dedicated to providing mental health to veterans who need it. And the VA won't send veterans in desperate need of mental health care to those outside agencies, those outside businesses, and those outside nonprofits because they want you to choose VA. Yeah. Well, and and honestly, this is a even bigger question than that. Like we have this little thing called a constitution that talks about Congress and the representatives uh, representing the people. They pass a law. It goes to the president of the United States has to pass both houses. It's all the stuff that, that, you know, you learned when you watched Saturday morning cartoons as a kid, um, you know, about how a bill becomes a law. All of that is subverted because these folks just decide, well, we, we don't care what the elected representatives of the people think we're going to do it this way because it gives us job security. It's just incredible. Uh, it's incredible. The, the, the I, I do want to remind you though, Jeff, yeah. that, that not all of your listeners are Gen X, so they might not get that <laughs> reference. Well, that's true. That's true. Okay. So what's a better reference? Did they learn it in civics <laughs> well, class? Cause I'm not well, sure they're, they're learning it there either. John. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, so maybe we have to start our education efforts there. Talk to our education and training. Yeah, friends. About. Exactly. That's right. That's <laughs> but, right. But, what was it? What was that old one? Uh, how a bill becomes a law, and he came. I'm just a down, bill sitting I'm here just on a, Capitol Hill. There you go. See, so. now we're showing our age, John. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Exactly. So, so you. What I think is great about this is you went back, reconstructed. As you said, you went to the Internet Wayback Machine. You reconstructed what was on that original website that that the Veterans Administration is now hiding from veterans, so that they won't make the choice that a veteran makes, but they'll instead choose the VA. Uh, in in the VA's mind, you went back, got all of those uh, pages, reconstituted and recreated the website. And where can people find that now? So it's real easy. Just go to your browser, Chrome, Bing, whatever you use, and type in VA Mission Act, all one word, dot com. Small, small letters, VA Mission Act, dot com. That'll take you to this Concerned Veteran for America Foundation's recreation of the original VA mission site. It's got our logo on it, but the information, the way it's laid out, the, 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 the blocks, the buttons, the radio buttons, they're all recreations of the way it was laid out originally. And the information there is, is the original information. And actually, we're keeping it updated in, in case some of those documents change. So again, the web development team, kudos to them. They did a fantastic job, uh, but they're keeping an eye on it along with our policy folks to make sure that if the VA changes some of the information in its publications, we're updating those publications on the website as well. VAMissionAct.com. VAMissionAct.com. And you're it, basically Americans for, pro, or I'm sorry, uh, Concerned Veterans for 
America Foundation is doing this site, doing what the Veterans Administration wouldn't do, right? And and informing veterans about their options, their choices. And you're not saying they shouldn't use the VA system here. You're just giving them the choice of deciding whether they want community care or they want care at a VA facility, right? Well, according to the law, community care is part of the VA system, right? It's how they're supposed right. to be doing it. Again, yeah. I just had a I just had a fantastic um experience using VA community care for urgent care, which they they have less of a problem with because it's it, it's harder to get people to drive as far for emergency or urgent care. They have to have an outlet for veterans to do that. But for primary care and specialty care, they're not doing that. And again, Concerned Veterans for America Foundation, uh, cvafoundation.org, great, great, great uh, mission. Our mission there is to help veterans live healthier, more prosperous, and more informed lives. We want to invest them into the vision of a kind of America that we talk about here on American Potential all the time, and to become ambassadors and social entrepreneurs driving on that vision in their own communities. And we want them to be informed. One of the things we want them to do is be informed about how they can best use the VA for their health care, whether it's at the VA or in their communities, so that they can live those healthy lives and become that ambassador, that social entrepreneur. Uh, final question for you, John, really. Do you know, has the website been useful to veterans so far, the, this new one that you that you put up? We're working on trying to figure out uh, the best way to survey that, probably uh, probably survey, not poll, doing some phone surveys. But right. we're getting anecdotal stories that that it's it's easier to use. I mean, frankly, again, I used it when I was trying to figure out that urgent care situation, right. and it made it made sorting through those documents take about I don't know uh, a, a fifth or a quarter of the time it would have taken me if I went through the VA website. So I found it very very easy to use. Anecdotally, folks that are are engagement directors in, in places like Colorado, Arizona, Florida, North Carolina, they're they're getting anecdotal stories that it's working, that it's really helping veterans find their way through the Mission Act information that they need faster. And again, we're, we'll, we'll be looking at building some survey data to firm that up so that we can, again, go to the House Veterans Affairs Committee and, and, and say, hey, we've got some real hard evidence that, that, that just more information about this would make it more successful. Yeah. And again, you're not going to find it from the Veterans Administration. They're hiding this information from veterans all the while saying that they're there to help veterans. But you're not really helping them if you're not show, sharing this choice that veterans can make uh, with the veteran themselves. So, John, this is this is incredible stuff. VAMissionAct.com is the website if people want to go there. And uh, it's uh, um, ConcernedVeteransForAmericaFoundation.org. So it's CVAFoundation.org. CVA Foundation. That the yeah. CVA Foundation is doing around, again, around the other things to make veterans healthier or prosperous and more informed about their world, their lives, and, and to become bigger contributors. Awesome. CVAfoundation.org. Uh, you can go there as well. John, thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. Jeff, thanks for having me on. It's always great to talk to you. It's it's great to get the word out. So uh, I, this podcast has really taken off and uh, glad to see, uh, you know, we're getting all of these messages about freedom and, and right-sizing the government out there. Certainly the VA is a an agency that needs to be right-sized. So appreciate the uh, Appreciate the setup, the layup here. Well, and yeah, you bet. And all, all the great work that you and the uh, Concerned Veterans for America Foundation team are, are doing on this and so many other so many other issues. Thanks for that. Look, folks, I, I mean, this is this is a simple one. Like this is the government. We talk about creating barriers, government imposed barriers. What bigger barrier could you think of 
than throwing up in front of a veteran who needs who needs health care, for goodness sakes, whether it's mental health uh, that they're looking uh, for or whether it is their physical health. We should be giving those men and women the options, all the options, lay them on the table and let them make the choice. As John pointed out, as we do in home mortgages, as we do in so many other areas, education benefits for veterans, we should be doing that. If we can do it in those areas, we definitely should be doing it in healthcare. But because we have uh, people who are out uh, uh, at the VA wanting to, I guess, just keep their jobs and stay employed, they're hiding some of this information from veterans. It's a shame. And uh, thanks to our our good friends at uh, CVA Foundation for doing the good work that they're doing. Thanks for joining us on this episode of American Potential. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to American Potential. You may listen to more stories from Americans working every day to expand freedom and opportunity in their communities by visiting AmericanPotential.com. 